0: Hello, welcome to Learn It From a Layman. I'm Carl Christensen, joined again by the uh, encourageable Tim Cox. I, I like to get encouraged, and thus I'm very encourageable.
1: Uh, no. No. Nope. The, the sad thing is that <laughs> can you go too far in making a pun to where it just makes you look ignorant?
0: Uh, probably. I'd imagine so, especially with a bunch of people that don't know you well, uh, though I think I mispronounced incorrigible. So to be fair, I probably <laughs> look. Um, don't worry, I'll give you some encouragement. <laughs> I'll blame it on um, the technology that I'm using and say I actually pronounced it correctly. But
1: <laughs> that's right. Just the garbled transmission. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, today we will be discussing um, the top ten most interesting things in space um, per of course, me. and um, we will discuss and, that
1: what? Well, Carl, let me just say I was real excited when you when you you mentioned to me that astronomy was going to be our topic and and you know space and that. and I just want to say at the beginning that I always first thing I read in the newspaper is you know, my horoscope and um, they always get it spot on lucky yeah. numbers and everything so
0: well good i'm glad that astrology and astronomy for you are one and the same because Wait, what <laughs> <laughs> because though that is about the level of uh, insight we'll have into into these uh <laughs> these top 10 um interesting space uh, facts or whatever um in reality though we both took um, an astronomy course at uh, the university level so uh i i'd say that that makes us less of layman but uh to be truthful that was all well over a decade ago for you probably closing in on two decades so um uh, i think that we're pretty safely it was the same amount of time ago for both of us oh uh, what no it wasn't we weren't in the same class wait what we weren't No, shows how much i remember Uh, uh, uh. okay there are
1: pluto is not a planet there fact number one fact okay. number two the sun is a star fact number three okay stop, stop. space is big well uh, i'll keep going fact number four
0: um all right whatever jupiter we'll have, is big to, so we're gonna go ahead and uh start with number 10. so this is the 10th most interesting thing in space at least to me uh, and that is neutrinos Um.
1: Make so, sure you get them, you know, get your vitamins, eat your vegetables, oh, get lots of neutrinos in your diet.
0: Oh, that's not a neutrino, turns out. <laughs> uh, so, neutrinos, so interesting fact about neutrino, well, neutrinos, actually, this is an interesting ante- anecdote uh, about neutrinos, Some. Uh, this is, I don't know, like... Three or four, maybe even five years ago now, they, uh, they thought they had measured some Some scientists, uh, I believe over in Europe, believed that they had measured neutrinos, which are small particles, traveling at faster than the speed of light, which was going to like blow up, you know, all of these different theories about uh, space time and, and everything. Um, and so it was a huge, uh, huge deal. And then they figured out that they were wrong and they hadn't measured it.
1: The, what happened, the scientist had his stopwatch upside down.
0: And, uh... <laughs> uh, you know, it, it turns out that it's not too much different than that. I think they had just some faulty instrumentation. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so fail there. But um, neutrinos, in reality, are uh, these tiny, tiny little particles, v- virtually massless uh, that um, that are produced inside of stars, and uh, they are uh, they are shot out, you know, in supernovas. So, that, um, so we can measure those uh, as you know supernovas hit, as neutrinos hit us. We can measure like where supernovas happened or when they happened or those types of things. So, they're they're tiny little things that are created in space and that and that are um, that can travel essentially at the speed of light because they're massless. Um, so pretty, pretty interesting little things uh, that uh, that get created inside of stars.
1: Now, just just checking here: are these the things that they're like so hard to measure that they like have to like put the measurement, like do it deep within the earth and that, like have hypersensitive? Because yep. like most neutrinos just pass right through everything.
0: Yeah, literally, right now neutrinos are probably passing through us. So, Ooh. yeah, I know it's hurting. It hurts me the willies. Uh, but yeah, it says. Uh, so the thing I read said the, uh, the detectors are being embedded underground, beneath the sea, or into a large chunk of ice. <laughs> um, well, wow. so yeah, it's hard to measure. Which so we give uh, give those scientists a bit of a uh, uh, a break that uh, thought that they had detected them moving faster than the speed of light because it, it's a pretty amazing that they can detect them at all. So yeah, um, but yeah, neutrinos, pretty pretty cool. Um, all right, number nine, uh, meteors. So this is the layman in me. There's really nothing all that cool about chunks of rock.
1: Um, I, think, I think you like meteors just because they sound more delicious than vegetables, you know. I, I want something meteor like steak or pork. Nope. Nope. That's not true. <laughs> Can you imagine a giant hunk of like beef hurtling through space? <laughs> I can't actually it'd be delicious kind of seared on the outside and anyway. Okay. Continue meteors.
0: Yes. So that, that's just more the romantic in me, I guess I like, uh, you know, your meteor showers uh, that come around every year. Um, you know, these are literally just chunks of space rock that hit our atmosphere and, and generally burn up, um, every once in a while they make it through and they cause serious problems (laughs) like, you know, extinct mass extinctions and such. But, um, was it a exploding meteor over Siberia that like leveled, like it
1: leveled a whole bunch of Siberian forest. They just went out there and like, like a nuclear bomb had gone off kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. That happened relatively recently. Yep. Um, It's crazy. Yeah. And that was even a relatively like, you know, that was, I think I read that's smaller than like, certainly smaller than a football field. I think it's smaller than like, like 20 or 30 yards. Like it, it we're, we're talking a pretty small chunk of rock in the grand scheme of things, and it can cause that type of, you know, blast. So you can imagine if something uh, sizable uh, on the scale of, of, you know, quarters of a mile or a uh, half a mile wide or whatever hit the earth, uh, that's, you know, that's when you're talking some type of serious uh, long-term fallout. So. like, like when, Oh, fallout.
1: <laughs> fall in. Like that documentary, Deep Impact. The... i think you're making things up you haven't seen deep impact i have not oh well no it's uh it's cool it's basically like you know what would happen if a giant huge meteor you know came you know impacted the earth and so it like it lands in the atlantic ocean and, like floods the eastern seaboard and like you know causes massive damage and Ah. Morgan Freeman is a president which is kind of you know, cool. that does sound
0: familiar now actually yeah and that's certainly yeah that's certainly a um, true based on a true uh, no it's not
1: it, well it just just so people know we are offering a special on our meteor insurance so if your <laughs> home gets incinerated by a meteor you know full replacement um, if you're Home gets flooded by, say, a giant tidal wave from a meteor landing in the ocean, um, or if your home gets destroyed by hordes of, you know, lawless um, bandits because society collapsed because a meteor destroyed, you know, the climate and stuff. Then, yeah, you full replacement,
0: um, and we offer cheap rates. So, <laughs> so get in while the getting's good. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's nice to make empty promises and uh, sell them. So, hey, or wait! Dang it! You can't prove it's
1: an empty promise <laughs> until we don't deliver.
0: <laughs> um, right. Okay. So we're gonna move on from meteors before you get us into some type of legal issue. Um, <laughs> Fraud. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're moving to comets now. So that's number eight, and that's a uh, very, you know, close. Full House
1: continue. flashbacks. <gasps> Dog was named Comet full
0: oh, house yeah. <laughs> um, okay so these are are you know similar to meteors in some ways but they are different um they are uh, massive generally um obviously they and they uh let's see so uh they uh you know they orbit the sun just in a different way um much... <laughs> what
1: a, n- different than around <laughs> <laughs> i mean they have you're a much more you're really playing orbit. it safe here carl <laughs> you know they're similar to meteors
0: but they're different <laughs> Look, buddy i i labeled this podcast what i did for a reason <laughs> the amount of research that goes into these episodes <laughs> really should mean i have to be able to do one every like 20 minutes because uh <laughs> Uh, yes, but uh, they have massive orbits. Is essentially what I was trying to say. That's why, you know, you'll see a comet and you won't come, you won't see it again for, you know, 70 years or whatever. Uh, okay. um, because uh, whereas, uh, you know, other planets generally uh, are, say, in these very stable orbits that you can see, uh, you know, what is it, a Halley's Comet or a Hale-Bopp Comet. You know, these we don't see for, you know, 40 years or 70 years in between um, the, because their orbit is massive. So,
1: and, and that's because, so it's, uh, highly elliptical, you know, planets are, are elliptical, but closer to a circle. Right. But so these ones, they come zooming in close to the sun and then they, they get slingshot away back out into space. Like, so a big wide loop, right?
0: Right. Exactly. So, okay. um, and yeah, I mean, there, I remember, what is it now? 15 years ago, maybe 20, even there was, uh uh a comet and and forgive me i don't remember if it was halley's comet or hail bop which one was it tim answer me
1: the are you talking about the one with the crazy heaven's gate stuff
0: i don't know it was like when i was 12 or 13 years old
1: okay well you know one of those it was one of those yeah exactly
0: okay anyway they're they're gorgeous they're they're awesome to look at when they when they do come around um and uh yeah they're just they're pretty pretty cool they're um pretty pretty large and they have they have a you know a tail a pretty uh, impressive tail and um so kind of uh, kind of fun uh, to see those here's a time.
1: fun fact that i learned recently the a comet's tail doesn't stretch out behind it in the you know like the direction opposite of the direction it's flying but actually it, it, the tail stretches out away from the sun is that, can uh-huh. you verify that?
0: That's, that's what I've heard at least. Let's see. Let's see if I can verify that. Um, blood, the tail is blow mo- no, uh, blown directly away from the sun as a result of the comet's contact with, with the solar wind. Yeah So there you go. It sounds like that's uh, correct, though. This distinguishes between a dust tra- a tail and an ion tail. And the ions are the ones that the ion tail is the one specifically. It says is blown away from the sun. So I don't know if the dust tail is what we see, and that one is trails behind it, and the ion trail tail is the one that you're thinking of. But anyway, it's oh. unimportant because no one's going to fact check us. So ha, <laughs> do not fact check us.
1: <laughs> okay, Meteors number eaters are not giant hunks of beef, <laughs>
0: or are they? um neutrons okay number seven neutron stars so neutron stars uh are uh stars that have collapsed um and so these are pretty massive stars that have collapsed um they are the most uh dense object that you in in space uh, that we can actually observe right directly observe and um
1: the, the only denser thing being a black hole, which we can't directly observe.
0: Correct. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, it, you, a neutron star is, um, uh, is like crushing um, the Earth's mass into a circle about 12 miles across. That's wow! about the, the density that, uh, the, of, of a neutron star. If, if, there, if the Earth were a neutron star, it would be 12 miles across.
1: Um, so, so on a neutron star, you could actually go out on a run and, like, circumnavigate the the globe.
0: No, Tim, you couldn't. Because gravity on a neutron star <laughs> is hey. crushing. Uh Literally crushing, so you would just be like flattened into, I'd say a pancake, but you'd be much smaller than a pancake.
1: You're
0: almost, <laughs> almost two dimensional.
1: So, um, yeah, good question. Do do neutron stars? Um, is all the crushing on uh, an atomic level or you know subatomic level? So, so does it actually compact matter like? <clears throat> So, you know, you can compact things um, like and kind of crush their molecules closer together in certain substances. Right. But, you know, like on neutron stars, do you know if like the compaction happens even on an atomic level or subatomic level?
0: I don't know. I think it's both um, because, in, you know, inside of the star, you um, that's what you know. You get what you get left. The, if I remember correctly, the stuff inside of these neutron stars are yeah, just super dense particles. Um, so I you know I can't. I have so
1: it doesn't even have like a what we would consider a standard atomic form, where you've got you know protons with and neutrons with electrons circling, but it's all just kind of a, a soup of subatomic particles all crushed together. Oh, uh,
0: here we go. Yeah, I just found it. Okay, it says crushing together every proton and electron into a neutron.
1: Oh, really? Okay,
0: cool. Yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're very...
1: The name Neutron
0: Star. There you go. Yeah. Uh, good
1: question. So, I, I see how that would make it hard to go for a jog.
0: <laughs> or make it real easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay. Um, so, Neutron Star is very interesting because they are, yeah, they're just super dense, super massive, and you can actually... Or not supermassive as in like the mass is really large for something relatively small um and uh and they are they're observable you can actually look at them so okay um number six quasars so tim i know you we studied you studied quasars in astronomy do you remember anything about quasars
1: Well, um, you can get it with um, just quasars or the quasars with berries, and those are good. But a little high in sugar. Okay, That would be a good cereal. Okay, no, let me tell you what I do know about quasars. So these, um, if I'm remembering right, it's like these spinning black holes that shoot out beams of like energy from their poles. Am I, how close am I?
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, pole, uh, they, yes they do they emit energy and light out in in two directions. Yep. Um and uh yeah, they're just yep, but they're super massive black holes. I think you said that. Um and, but the interesting thing about them right is that they actually don't exist anymore. <laughs> Which? Oh, what are you talking about? (laughs) So, and this is one of the most, the coolest thing about, I was telling my son this uh, here about a week ago. Um, When As you look deeper into space, you're looking back in time, right? Oh. Um, And so the only place where we can see quasars is, you know, hundreds of millions of light years ago. Um, And so... That's the you can only observe them at a super far distance away from our galaxy, which means, and there's no, there are no quasars close to us, which uh, which means that essentially quasars burn out. They 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 uh, eventually they they stop emitting these these uh, huge amounts of energy uh, and, and
1: quasing. We call it quasing.
0: Okay, I don't think we call it that, Tim. Um, now we do. <laughs> Yeah, so the, these are things that you can see uh, that existed hundreds of millions, billions, whatever, of years ago, um, prob- probably billions, anyway, uh, but don't exist anymore. Uh, but it, the cool, one of the cool things about space is that you can look back in time. Um, yeah. So. Uh, quasars. Yeah, so we can have a little funeral for our quasar friends. That have passed away literally hundreds of millions of years ago. So, <laughs> um, all right, number five. This is the microwave background radiation, um, and this uh, is a bit more, I guess, a cosmic microwave background. Um, and this is this is one of the ways that they can tell one of the best uh, evidences they have of the Big Bang. Um, is that there's this leftover radiation that is just emanating from everywhere. Uh, literally, like space emanates this radio noise, this microwave noise, and um, and we can measure it. And uh, and so it's um, it's really interesting, and it's literally what's predicted by the Big Bang. And so the fact that we can measure it, um, you know, is a good evidence that that. Uh, that theory is, is correct, at least to a large extent. Um, and so, uh, and it's, yeah, you can measure the, let's see, it says recent precise measurements uh, place the CMB temperature, so the temperature of this, this microwave background uh, uh, at 455 degrees, negative 455 degrees Fahrenheit.
1: So what you're telling me is I can't use this background microwave radiation to heat up my frozen burrito
0: if your frozen burrito is about two degrees above absolute zero (laughs) this will heat it up one degree i believe
1: that is one cold burrito
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think from what i remember i'm not reading this here from what i remember with my class uh what that is 455 degrees negative 455 degrees fahrenheit uh, uh equates to something like three degrees Kelvin and zero is absolute zero Kelvin, right? So um, uh, yeah, so we're talking you know essentially almost absolute zero, but they can measure they can measure this and, and it's what's predicted by the, by the Big Bang and it's just cool. You can measure it and you can see it everywhere. you see it as in measure it. so.
1: And for, for those of us who are who are unfamiliar with the Kelvin scale, that, that kind of cold is the kind of cold where putting on an extra layer ain't
0: going to help. <laughs>
1: <sighs>
0: uh, right, unless that extra layer is um, a black hole. <laughs> well, wrap your head around that one. Well, I'm, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> I can't
1: observe you trying it, though. <laughs> Can you? Um, okay, number four. Oh, uh, hey, speaking of, if we ever form a band, let's call it Event Horizon.
0: Remind me to not form a band.
1: Or Cosmic Microwave Radiation, nope. whatever, Background Radiation. Yep.
0: Let's radio. not do that. Okay.
1: There's many <laughs> good names in space.
0: <laughs> uh, I, you know, the, the, the Tangent. Actually, not even Tangent. Completely unrelated. Um, <laughs> band names, this seems to be like a thing that everyone does everywhere, right? Like, yeah. how when did this become a thing? Like, coming up with band names...
1: I think uh, the Beatles, you know, like before then, it just used to be like, you know, Skippy McGregor and, you know, the saxophonists or whatever, or, you know, Shirley Tootles's you know, jazz band. And now it's like, you know, uh, like,
0: Shirley Tootles.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love those good old swing tunes. But anyways, yeah, now it's like, you know, heat, death, banana. Or something.
0: Death banana. I haven't yes. heard of that one. Tim, is that one? Uh, is that another one that it's, you're going to? It's.
1: You'll only have heard of it if you're really hipster. If you're on the indie <sighs> scene. But, uh, but they're okay. big, you know. Yeah. They're big in Roanoke.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, we're going to bring it back to space, um, <laughs> if that's a thing. Um, okay, number four: dark matter. And so uh, dark matter is uh, interesting in that it um, is like, it's like um, a bunch of scientists trying to like wave their hands and like, be like, I don't know, just something, there's something here. <laughs> uh, it's essentially, <laughs> they don't know it, they can't measure it, uh, but they can measure that they, that they know that they don't know something, Right. Um, and that's essentially what dark matter is. They they can measure, like, gravity and, and you know, the way the universe is expanding. And they can say, there's a lot more mass here than we can see. Um, and so they're saying that, oh, there must be this thing called dark matter. And that's what's going to explain everything. Um, and so they don't even know what this dark matter is. They don't know where where to measure it where to try to measure it how it fits into the theories um and some scientists think that that this dark matter isn't real it's just a way of saying that we don't understand a lot of the universe yet and so And kind
1: of kind of the the problem being that according to our theories um gravity or should be things should be like spinning apart faster than they are right but but apparently, there's so there's more gravitational pull holding it together. But wh- where's the gravity? And well, it must be this matter we can't measure. Job. Is that kind of it?
0: Yeah, that's that's generally the idea. Exactly. Um, I I think the idea is that long ago, according to the uh, the you know the the way that you predict the Big Bang went, things should have just yeah blown apart, It's like gone, based on the matter that the matter and mass that we can observe, that literally at the rate that it was expanding, uh, given just the matter that we can observe, uh, that everything should have just yeah just gone. You ever gone. feel like
1: uh-huh. you ever feel like you know all these astronomers are just leading everyone on this giant snipe hunt? <laughs> oh guys there's these black holes we can't observe them but they're there Ooh, dark matter we can't measure but it's there oh neutrinos oh we can't measure them except for in this really deep dark hole but they're there you know
0: <laughs> well I when they tell to you scientists. to put Yeah, when they tell you to t- cover your face uh, your face uh, with toothpaste and uh to go out and like clap uh at night um to observe neutrinos then you know that that they really you know that it's all a sham. But that
1: is totally different from buying meteor insurance. So <laughs> So get yours now. You know, okay. if we if we labeled it meteor insurance and people bought it, then we would never have to pay out because isn't it a meteor until it impacts the earth, at which point it's a meteorite? right?
0: Am uh. right? You could be right. There is certainly a distinction between those, right? One's before and one's after. Yeah.
1: So we could get out on a technicality and say, (laughs) sorry, that's a meteorite. No coverage. Yeah. yeah. I think think that's uh, how insurance works.
0: Yeah. And I I think we, yeah, we need to create some packages, you know, uh, we'll, you know, some high deductible packages um, based on the size of the meteor that hit you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. Deductible. <laughs> it, the we will have small deductibles. Relative anyway, whatever. We're not going to go into this anymore. You've really pulled this whole discussion to. A...
1: That's right. We'll do an, another episode on deductibles and insurance,
0: which will be a big draw. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> will be interested in that. <laughs> I'm sure. Exactly. Um, okay, we're going to move on now. We're going to move to number three, which is drumroll. Drum roll, Tim. Oh, oh, I thought you said Dromo, and I'm like, I have not heard of Dromo. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but Number Yolo. Three. No, you're supposed to give me a drum roll
1: because uh, we're on the
0: top three now. Uh, there we go. All right, black holes. So
1: wait, you, we talked about black holes, didn't we? No, we talked about quasars. Yes. Okay. We
0: talked about quasars, we talked about neut- neutron stars, but black holes themselves. And so the black holes made big uh, news uh, here, what it was a month, two, two months ago now, where we uh, first got an image, the first they actually, uh, a team of astronomers uh, measured this um, and actually captured an image of a black hole. And so that was uh, pretty groundbreaking stuff, so pretty awesome, good job. All of you, and um, I'm sure all yeah. of all of the, that whole team of astronomers is probably now listening to this podcast.
1: And, that's right,
0: uh, surely. Well, and and the process of how they did that, I thought
1: was pretty dang cool. Having telescopes basically all around pl- the planet, you know, focus on the same spot, so we are essentially having a telescope, you know, set up with the diameter of the Earth. I mean, that's cool.
0: That is pretty smart. And pretty awesome. The the idea behind it, the the execution, and then the computer algorithms that can put that stuff together. Awesome. Now, it uh, sounds
1: kind of like something out of a James Bond movie, you know, (laughs) where Goldfinger (laughs) positions lasers all around the earth and then shoots them at a mirror and then points the mirror, you know, and it's like, I will just vaporize New York, Bond, and there's nothing you can do to stop me.
0: Yeah. Well,. Could you imagine if you? I'm, I'm not going to actually give that any credibility by talking about it anymore.
1: Um, <laughs> I know you wanted to, and that's victory enough.
0: Could you imagine if you were one of the astronomers, though, like, uh, and you accidentally punch in the wrong coordinates, and you were like observing like the moon or something like that, <laughs> and they put together the algorithm, and the black hole is mostly all formed in one little tiny corner of it. It's just like the moon. <laughs> Or,
1: you know, just like a prank, you know, you put your roommate's face in there and like (laughs) just throws everything off. Good stuff.
0: Good stuff. (laughs) Well, that's why they didn't invite us. So that's right. I think that's probably the only reason they didn't invite us
1: surely sure.
0: okay but black holes we won't uh, delve into there's a lot we could talk about black holes there they're super mass, supermassive stars that collapse uh, or neutron stars that hit each other essentially uh, anything that's just wildly massive and then that that then collapses and literally creates a hole in like space-time and um, or, like a singularity is what they call right so just essentially a gravitational pull and and mass so large that light cannot escape it um and thus a that is a black hole and um uh so one of the most interesting things about black holes that i learned recently was uh from a um an article by what's the guy's name let's give him some credit uh, credit here ethan siegel um, and this very in-depth article about black holes, at least in-depth for a layman like myself, that mm-hmm. at the end, he finished up by talking about, so he's talking about spinning black holes. And he says, uh, perhaps the most profound takeaway from all this, though, is that in a rotating space-time, space itself can indeed move without any sort of speed limit at all. It's only the motion of matter and energy through space that's limited by the speed of light. Space itself has no such speed limit. In the case of a rotating black hole, there's a region of space beyond the event horizon where space is dragged around the black hole at a speed faster than the speed of light. Whoa. Yeah.
1: That's trippy. Crazy, So, yeah. now, what if matter gets, like, dropped as it gets dropped into that? You know, what happens?
0: Uh, it's just all of a sudden in that part of space. Then that part of space is is... Moving faster than the speed of light, but it I see. not space. Uh huh. Yeah. Whoa! Crazy. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. mind bending. Just the idea that space, it is. like space, is, is moving, not not matter itself. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. And just as a, as a point of order for people who might be wondering, when we, so for example, that picture of a black hole that they took, we're, we're not seeing the black hole itself. We're just seeing usually black holes they'll often be surrounded by you know clouds of dust or a star or something that they'll be kind of sucking matter off of. And then the light and the radiation, the beams that are coming off of the black hole are just that stuff being hyper- energized and shot out before it reaches the event horizon uh right time yeah and and also one more interesting fact that i read about black holes recently although the event horizon you know means that nothing can escape from beyond you know once it gets sucked in there it's there for good um actually if you um over the course of time like you know mind-bogglingly huge amounts of time like you, time that you have to express with exponents not just millions or billions of years but you know um, you know factor that by by say to to the fifty third power or something um black holes would actually kind of diffuse and so it, occasionally matter can escape that event horizon just by I guess your chance or whatever but so that means that even a black hole would have a um, a lifespan, but it's ju- it's just so incredibly huge that you know we couldn't even wrap our minds around how long that would be.
0: Sure. Interesting.
1: Okay. At least that will the scientists tell me, but then they say we can't really measure it and see. You know.
0: And then they tell you to put toothpaste on your face and clap it <laughs> outside. So. That's right. Um. Okay, so black holes—pretty awesome, pretty uh, crazy, mind-blowing stuff about them. That but, uh, uh, don't get close. Yeah, don't. Because I've heard that that would hurt. So, <laughs> um, number two, planets. So Those this one—cool. I've seen I mean, one. How could they not be the like one of the coolest things? It was my number one, and then I re-ranked it. Um, planets. Uh, I mean, we live on one, so that's pretty important. Um, yeah. You better, yeah,
1: better appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So this isn't to comment on Pluto, as Tim did at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to delve into the semantics of what a planet is or what it is not because I'm happy that there are only eight planets now. You jerk. Take that, Pluto. (laughs) Um, But it's all just semantics. These are all just large either chunks of rock like our, our planet or uh, gas gaseous planets um, spinning around the Sun or obviously we found lots of exoplanets in the last 10 to 15 years spinning around other uh, stars out uh, hundreds uh, young, or young yeah ma- ma- light years away um, we found some relatively close meaning I think I think we found one recently that was less than 10 years light 10 light years away and to put ten year light years in perspective, I think if we left right now traveling as fast as we could, we can get there sometime in the next million years so
1: uh-huh. but that's using surface streets and not the freeway, which <laughs> totally changes things I think. Uh,
0: right, right so um but planets are are awesome you know that's the things that we actually can see we know a lot about the planets at least around our sun and uh, and of course our own planet is pretty pretty awesome um, liquid water an atmosphere um, you know uh, life so life's pretty cool
1: yeah and our um the uh, i just lost the name for it the magnetic shield the oh, yeah yeah the what, um what do we call that
0: uh, well, we can call it whatever we want, can't we?
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. We're lame.
1: <laughs> the, the big zappy blocky thing the that keeps us getting fried,
0: yes. fried by the sun. Yeah, <laughs> hey. um, yeah this, this, <laughs> I think Matt would be displeased with us right now.
1: Electromagn- electromagnetic, uh, whatever. But anyways, hey, on that note, by the way, people talk about colonizing Mars. Terrible 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 idea you know because yeah there's so much um it takes so much resources to get there and mars doesn't have a cohesive electromagnetic field protecting it from say solar wind so even if you talk about like terraforming mars and giving an atmosphere it would all just get stripped away by the sun and anyways instead of that we should just work on you know say using wisely our resources on this planet you know no one talks about terraforming the Sahara, which would be a whole lot easier. Anyways, sorry, just a little, just a little pet peeve of mine.
0: Uh, uh, good. Well, then you're not invited on a trip to Mars. So, <laughs> Good. I don't want to come. I'll just go sit and sit. <laughs> some people do try to
1: terraform, I guess. I, You know, point of view. Anyways. Okay. Give me
0: the number one. Uh, number one where's the drum roll that's not a very inconsistent drum roll and i'm not even sure it warrants now giving you number one i think i'll just end now <laughs>
1: ah, no. <laughs> uh, i no. uh
0: number one in my favorite uh, in interesting things about spa- space is mystery and so this might be a Wait. bit of
1: a top out <laughs> is this one of those where it's not really an interesting thing about space
0: what the most interesting, uh, what, what it is, is, is instead of like the scientific take on space, it's the, you know, romantic take on space and, and the, the reason that people are interested in space, the reason that the, the astronomy has such, um, the, the reason there's something, as, there is something as astrology, right, is that there uh, is so much, so much mystery about, um, about space that uh you know we well we don't know what dark matter is right we everything we can see out there is um you know light years away uh that there is no we have not as of yet observed any life out there but the, all, there's so much potential right the universe is Mind-blowingly massive, and that there is so much to observe and, and look at, and uh, the the mystery of it all. It's uh, it's essentially what I'd imagine is is it's like what um, you know explorers used to feel like uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago when they'd say sail the, the the seas and and find new lands, and um, it's the mystery of it. It's the romance of it. It's the idea that there's uh, some brave new frontier, like you know Star Trek. Um, yeah. So the mystery of, of space, I think, is probably the most alluring, most interesting thing about it is that we don't understand it. Uh, we, we have theories to explain a lot, but even Einstein uh, has not been able to exp- – uh, Einstein's theory of relativity, obviously, doesn't uh, yet explain, for example, dark matter and, and some of those types of things. So um, – so there's more that we need to learn and find out. And, uh, and so that is what keeps the, uh, the intrigue of space, um, alive. And I'll just add to that along with the mystery of the beauty,
1: you know, if you want some fun homework, just look up Hubble space telescope, you know, pictures and, and see these incredible things that, you know, no artist could have made more spectacular. Um, and uh yeah and combining that with what you said about the scale you know the size and the amount and um yeah it's uh more than is dreamt of in our philosophy it's it's uh space is cool
0: yeah yeah and uh, so the yeah and the last thing everyone you know everyone loves the idea of time travel and like i said earlier in this podcast the one Real way that you can see things that happened a long time ago, that you can kind of time travel is to look at uh, to look out into space because then you're seeing light that that emitted from that object that you're uh, probably tens of millions of years ago or at least hundreds of years ago. I guess from the visible eye, probably not that much, but um, from your visible eye, you're talking light that was emitted. years and years and years ago um, from stars far, far away. So um, you're looking back in time.
1: Yeah, Even when you look at the sun, you're looking eight minutes back in time, right?
0: That's right. Yep, that light has been traveling for eight minutes. So what that, uh, that light tells you about something that happened in the sun already eight minutes ago. Yep.
1: So technically, when I look at you, I'm looking back in time. Let's not get very, crazy here
0: too. a very small amount back in time. <laughs> uh, we'll have another um uh, podcast we should do another podcast on time or I'd rather do it late than on time. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping you'd get something there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh we won't go into that now because that's also mind bending and i I think we might actually go crazy, so
1: that would so- be. An interesting podcast though. Like might our gradually breaking down until, you know
0: Yeah. It might it Listen. might be, it might be an improvement.
1: <laughs> That's right. What what could be worse?
0: All right. So that will do it for uh today's episode. Um go out there and do some stargazing and uh time travelling and we will oh, see you back again. Yeah hey do yourself a favor next time you're on a road trip if you
1: live in a big city or even a medium to small size city and you probably do then light pollution totally ruins your view of the sky at night so when you're on a road trip sometime driving at night when you're stuck in between two you know in the middle of nowhere just stop the car get out and look at the stars for real it's a poetic experience
0: awesome all right with that we will um we'll see you back again next week and uh don't in the meantime get swallowed by a black hole That would
1: be fun. May the force be with you. Okay.